Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. One, two, three. What is now? ESPN Radio. Big Sky Conference Media Days. Appreciate everybody for spending some time with us uh, here on your Monday. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Montana Football Hour included some reactions from Sam Herter, Bet MGM, and Hero Sports Senior FCS Analyst. We also heard from Montana Grizzlies, Justin Ford and Mitch Roberts, a pair of seniors for the preseason favorite Grizzlies. We also heard from Ty Okada, Senior Safety, and Sophomore quarterback Tommy Malott of the Montana State Bobcats. You can find all of that on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the Advocates, Sports Bet Montana, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Well, I only lost like four balls on the golf course yesterday. <laughs> we were looking at monitors and hitting into landing areas, right angle holes. I don't know what this guy's trying to do with me. to me. He brings me to the country club. I get mad. He brings me to the creek at Qualchon or whatever. I mean, this is like a skydiving hole, the first hole. It's like a 200-foot cliff. you got to hit it off. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, joining me. We had a great day golfing yesterday, but uh, even more good day here at the Big Sky kickoff. Well, it's been awesome, man. And I will have to tell our listeners, I was with you when you hit your golf rock bottom. At the <laughs> That's right. And, and you know See, what, I though? told you, people. I wasn't lying. He, Golf guys, Oh, my gosh. He hit it. But you know what? Ever since then, you're a different kind of golfer. Yeah, right. You changed your swing a little bit. Yeah, I right. love it. We had a great time at the Creek of Qualchon. Yeah, you know me. I'm going to try and take you to all these exotic courses. We're going to come back and play it again. It's, uh, I can't wait to play it again. It was a fun day out there, and uh, it was plenty hot for sure. But now we're here at the Big Sky Media Days, and football season uh, is officially underway Rally the Voice of the Grizz. You can find his calls across the Grizzly Radio Network. You can also check out the Inside the Den podcast uh, on all your available podcast hosting platforms. I'm on there this week. You're on uh, there this week. We've Kent a- Haslam's on there, right? Montana AD. Yep. We're, we're talking with Larry Weir, the voice of the Eastern Washington Good Eagles. One. And then, then Coach Houck, Justin Ford, Mitch Roberts. It's a loaded episode. We figured, why not? Grizz fans are ready for it. Six guests for you. But that one that will be dropping later this week. I uh, got to love it. And Riley will join us, of course, for the Montana Football Hour all season long from 4 until 5. First hour of every uh, Monday show here uh, on Nuanas now. Uh, the news of the day here at the Big Sky kickoff, twofold. Uh, the polls, Montana sits atop both 
Montana State third in the coaches poll and second in the media poll. Uh, so a lot of good football teams expected to come out of the state of Montana. And then the other news, Patrick O'Connell, the defensive player of the year uh, in the preseason for the Grizzlies. Uh, not a surprise on on that one. I thought it was kind of a shoe-in. But uh, I think you and I both uh, – well, I know you and I both picked Montana to win the league this year. Um, but – the rest of the league seems to agree. I think so, too. And really, Coulter, I would kind of tier the conference now, right, as far as you've got the top three contenders that everyone's pretty consensus with the Montana, Montana State, and Sacramento State. But it's that next tier that I think everybody's so curious about because right. there's question marks all over the place. Eastern Washington, who are they going to have at quarterback? If they have an answer at quarterback, they could blow everybody away and be sure. that top 10, top 15 team again. Weber State, can they get back? to the Weber State that made that playoff run. They took yep. a dip. Are they ready to get back into the top three? UC Davis, always a question mark, too. But when the polls came out, I wasn't too surprised. I, from two guys that maybe picked Montana to win it, we follow Montana football maybe closer than most people do. So I don't think there was much uproar either that they were picked number one over the rest. It wouldn't have surprised me maybe if any of those top three were at the very top, but you can see there's a lot of parity there. What do you think is the biggest question mark for the Grizz going into this year? I do think it's depth at the offensive line. I think we have seen that year in and year out. I have gotten the good fortune to watch Lucas Johnson play a lot, and I think he is the real deal. It is really fun to watch him kind of command this football team and come in and and just integrate himself into the the culture that me and you were going to talk about on the inside the den that Coach Houck's established. It's special to have that, a seventh-year senior that has been a couple different places to come in and just fit in right away. So, for me, the biggest question mark is up front. I mean, let's call it what it is. That that was huge last year for them. I think a storyline culture that didn't get talked about enough, and you could call it excuses, whatever it may be, but the offensive line was kind of left on an island even more so last year with the lack to running back depth, the lack of depth at running back. I think that's really going to help the big fellas up front as well to have a full stable of running backs to kick in, so we'll see, but absolutely offensive line to me is the biggest question mark going in. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz here on Nuanas Now. Uh, I think that that there's an opportunity for the Grizz offense, Here, here's what the situation that they've been in since Bobby Houck returned. It was trying to find guys who were old first and talented second to be able to fill in some of the spots. They had uh, an established stalwart in Conlon Beaver who ended up becoming a three-and-a-half-year starter. They got a pleasant surprise in Dylan Cook joining the program and then turning from an NAIA quarterback into an NFL offensive tackle. Pretty good story there. But the rest of them... I don't think there was, and this is no offense to those guys, but there was not a lot of upside for some of the JC guys that they added to play on the interior uh, offensive line. Now you got A.J. Forbes at center. If he can take a next step, then maybe he becomes an all-conference player. That could be huge. But then they're also going to roll with some young guys on the offensive front. Brandon Casey and Liam Brown, probably the top candidates. Uh, to play on that offensive line as, as young guys, I guess both sophomores, or I guess Liam Brown's probably redshirt freshman. Um, but I've seen this throughout my career. If I'm a coach, I would much rather have the talented, inexperienced guy than the guy who maybe is a little experienced that doesn't have very high upside. Because if you can figure out a way to take your lumps and that guy can stay healthy, there's a moment when it clicks. And I've seen this 
uh, throughout the years. I, I hearken back to Montana State in 2012 when they were uh, two-time defending Big Sky Conference champions. The only real question mark they had on their team was their offensive line. They decided to roll with four redshirt freshmen. Those guys got beat like a drum for the first six six games of the year. They were lucky that they had a quarterback like Denarius McGee who could extend the pocket. But then when it clicked, holy cow. And then by the time three years later rolls around, now you got four four-year starters and your offensive line is one of the best in the entire country. It's a little different situation in Montana because they're only going to be relying on a couple young guys. But I think that you're, if they have grace with those guys, Brandon Casey is going to take his loves early. Liam Brown probably is too. Once it clicks, though, all of a sudden now you have a guy that has so much potential, so much upside, they can keep on getting better. Well, and I think, too, that has been what has hurt Montana. It's been those stop gaps. And, again, sure. there's no offense to anyone there, but it's a stop gap trying to, yeah. okay, we need to try and get someone that's ready to go right now. Well, those two guys that you're highlighting, Brandon Casey, Liam Brown, I am really high on those two. I'm excited to see what they can do. You mentioned Hunter McGinnis, too, A.J. Forbes. So For those sure. four are kind of the guys we know. Who else is going to step up? What what do they have in maybe that, that could be the biggest surprise for the Grizz? But I do think developing that younger core, you're an offensive line guy. You yep. you understand this. What would the mix be? What What's it like having the mix? I think it's the perfect scenario, but have two guys that have been established, been around for a while with two younger guys, so it's not maybe all at once. So it's well, going to be interesting to play out. Yeah, and I think that if you if you understand the true nuances of what Montana wants to do offensively, they have they have a zone blocking scheme. Their their front is based on continuity more than motion and athleticism. They're not going to pull a lot. They're they're move they're moving in tandem or as a group. That's why you can sort of hide big bodies at the guard spots. But Liam Brown is a big body who's also athletic. That's an uh, an unknown dynamic in this offense because they've only had big. They haven't had guys that can move. They're at the guard spots. If he can move. That helps you. McGinnis is big, and he can move. I think that that could help Montana quite a bit. But I think that the other thing is there's always going to be the talk of establishing the chemistry as a unit. That's a, a huge deal. But then that unit's chemistry and its mentality has to also fit in with the team. I think that there's a chance for some either stated or unstated resentment if you have a defense like the Grizz does where they're just going to knock your head off and just tear you apart, and then the offensive line doesn't have that collective killer mentality, if this group can develop into that and have a killer mentality to match the dynamic that they have defensively, well, now look out. Now, now you have what Bobby Houck had in the late 2000s, an offensive line that's going to just crush you and a defense that's going to smother you, and then you can play the style of football that Bobby Howell wants to play. And take that one step further. Guys like us are going to love going to fall camp because why? Yes. Success breeds success. That yeah. young defensive line that's going yeah. to be flying around and you see going up against them every day, it's probably the best formula for this offensive line to get there right. I actually, that's a very interesting point. Riley Corcoran joining us here on Nuanas now, Voice of the Grizz. I have actually often wondered about if the offensive line development at Montana is actually stunted because of how unorthodox the defense is. Wow. Like, yeah. I bet you that the Grizz offensive line is actually probably as good at picking up blitzes as any, uh, picking up pressures as anybody in the conference. Dealing with unorthodox fronts, they don't play themselves on Saturday though. That's the problem. Right. Right. So <laughs> I actually, I actually wonder that. But y- your point is well taken. With iron sharpens iron. Make no mistake. Liam Brown going against Alex Gubner every day is going to do nothing but make him better. I mean, it's just it's a fact. Man. And Eli Alford and, you know, Noah Cashman or whoever else fits in on those interior defensive line spots. So uh, I think that it is a good point, though. I do think that 
the level of competition. I think that's the biggest worry for me about the Grizz, though. The biggest question mark for the Grizz is not a personnel-based question mark. I think the Grizz have coaching staff locked. I think they got roster talent and roster depth locked. How do they, and and I don't mean to question their chemistry because I do think they have their culture and their chemistry locked. I think they need to find equity within the sides of the ball. When one side of the ball is so much better than the other side, and it doesn't matter which one it is, there's just this chance for there to be like a fracturing because you're just like, what what else can we do, you know? I saw this with the Cats in 2015. They led the – I mean, the best offense I've ever seen. They averaged 45 points per game. They went 5-6 and six because they couldn't stop anybody. And, you know, it's the famous Dakota Prukop interview after Portland State when the Cats scored 45 points. Prukop had 600 yards of total offense, and they lost 59-45. And he's sitting there we're doing his media interview afterwards, and he's like, well – you know, guys, I really don't know what to tell you. Like, we scored 49. We should win by three scores. We didn't, so I don't. I have no answers. I'm not saying that. I'm not projecting that's going to happen because I do think the coach Alk will have it on lock. I just, I think that the Grizz need to figure out a way for the offense to not only be productive but to directly reflect the mentality of the defense. And if they do that, then they have a cohesive mentality as a team. And it's a fair point because we saw that, right, towards the end of last year. For the sure. just so dominant. The offense struggled through I mean, a the, couple The defense games, played right? pretty good. The, the defense got shredded against James Madison early, and then they made good adjustments, locked in. There's no more frustrating thing than to be a veteran defensive player when you see Cam Humphrey get knocked out of the game. Then you're you're playing for your life in Jace Lewis. You you think this is maybe your last game of your life. So you go make a play and you go knock the ball out. You get the ball back and then it, it's all for naught. That's the most frustrating situation that the Grizz need to avoid this year. But I do think though they have a lot of the at least inroads and momentum for everything we're talking about to hit. And offensively, there are so many different factors. If one of them hits, if if a couple of these hit. Lucas Johnson at quarterback, yeah. Marcus Knight returning at yeah. running back, Nick Osmo with depth there, and the offensive line question marks that we just said. If one or two of those things hits, then Montana is exactly where they think they should be. You want us now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Big Sky kickoff. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us uh, here on Nuanas Now. Um, outside of the Grizz, I actually think this is funny too. Andrew Houghton from Skyline Sports, who's also our producer here at ESPN, he said, don't you think it's funny that the Cats are ironically underrated coming into this uh, media conference? I said, that's interesting. I'm so interested to see what the rest of the conference thinks about the Cats because it does seem like because the Grizz won the Cat-Grizz game and because the Cats have such defined prove-it type factors in one can Tommy Mallott replicate what he did in the playoffs, especially within a conference season when teams are game planning for him? And two, how does Brent Vegan steer the ship when it's more his team and less of a full cupboard that he was left by Jeff Choate? This is interesting, though, because sometimes, for better or worse, we're so close to the situations with Montana and Montana State, so we analyze it ad nauseum. We do know all the details about all of them. But... I was so interested to see what the rest of the league thought. And then you see the Cats got the most first-place votes from the coaches. They got five. Respect from the coaches. I think that tells you what a lot of the coaches in this league think of Tommy Mallott specifically. Uh, You know, I think a guy like Bo Baldwin would probably love to have Tommy Mallott down there at Cal Poly. And I also think that it was reflected in the media as well. Almost many first-place votes for the Cats, too. So I guess what I'm saying is it's funny because I think the narrative right now in the state of Montana is that the Grizz are – uh, the team to beat within the state, and that also makes them the team to beat in the big sky. Uh, but there was a lot of respect 
doled upon the Cats here at this at this conference. I, I think so. A couple of points from that. When it comes to Tommy Mallott factor, I think that's intriguing because For the coaches sure. do think highly of him, but none of them have ever played him, right? Because right. he's never played in a conference game. So well, that, he's played in conference games, but he hasn't been the starter, starter in a conference sure. game. So that, to me, is really intriguing moving forward. But I think you're right. Inside the state of Montana, kind of feels everyone, okay, Montana, then Montana State. But if you go from the Big Sky perspective, it's 1A and 1B. Sure. Say they don't see that difference, let's just say. How much of that is predicated off last year and having respect, and how much of it is true roster breakdown for this year? It's fascinating, Coulter, and we break down the schedules, too. You go through it, I already know now the, the stretches for the Cats at Eastern and then UC yeah. Davis at home. How do they maneuver that? It's going to be so much fun, and especially for guys like me and you, where Montana and Montana State are 1-2 in the league. That, that's the best-case scenario all the way around. Let's just call it what it is. Both teams are going to be really solid. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I also think that some of the things that we predicted have come to fruition as well. I thought it was fascinating interviewing Weber State's players because mm. we have both talked about and Andrew and I have talked about Weber State having a, a sort of a chip on their shoulder because they were the cream of the crop in the big sky. Then they took a step back and they didn't make the playoffs a year ago. But now they have a lot of talent returning, especially on the offensive line and the defensive secondary. They brought Noah Achi, who was a offensive lineman, a preseason all-conference pick, and they brought Eddie Heckard, who was one of the best secondary guys in the league as well. And uh, they said exactly that. They said last year was unacceptable. We became complacent. We got a chip on our shoulder. Six and five felt like a losing season. That's not what we came here for. And Noah said, hey, I think that everybody in the league forgot about what we were saying. We still believe we're a championship-caliber team. That's an interesting fold. That's a really interesting fold. I, I think he's right, though. I think as the rise of Montana and Montana State consistently and with the surprise of Sacramento State, Weber State did kind of get left in the dust between the COVID season and then last year. So they, to me, are probably the biggest X factor in the league. Eastern Washington, I'm just intrigued what they're going to do at quarterback, but the true sure. X factor is Weber State because if they do return to that championship form, they have, then they play everybody in front of them. They play Sac State at home. They play Montana at home. They play Montana State on the road. What I mean by that is they're in control of their own destiny. They will have their schedule laid out in a pretty nice non-conference. They should be 2-1 and one going in. So watch out for Weber State. I, I, I do get that feel as well that they feel like, hey, just because of one year at 6-5, and five, don't forget about us. UC Davis, another interesting factor because they made the playoffs and, and shared the conference championship because of quarterback play. Now they have a question mark at quarterback, but they actually have sneakily and sort of quietly – one of the best running cores in the league. I think I think they have the best, at least on paper, offensive line in the conference. They have multiple all-conference guys on their offensive line, and they have the preseason player of the year in Alonzo Gilliam. Were you surprised by that, by the way? Uh, I wasn't only because of the way that the voting worked. For those that didn't realize this, wow. you could only vote for the players that the teams nominated. And so, for example, I would have voted for Isaiah Fonse. He was not nominated by Montana State. I also probably would have voted for Pierre Williams from Sacramento State. He was not voted by Sac State. Their nominee was Jake Dunaway. Montana State's nominee was Tommy Mallott. Okay, so then I ended up voting for Gilliam. Third choice isn't bad in a league where there's a lot of good players. Gilliam is a really good player. He he not only is a power back that can run between the tackles, he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got a ton of catches. They use him great. And, you know, in Dan Hawkins' fashion, you know, as, as uh, Aaron Best was teasing, he said, Eastern Washington head coach, he said, well, Hawkins runs 974 formations and eight trick plays a game, so he can tell you he wants to run the ball, but they're also just, you know, getting eight extra carries by running, you know, backward reverse fly sweeps or whatever. But regardless, uh, I just I think it's so interesting that 
it's not a quarterback-driven program as it was when they had a lot of success. They might win in a different fashion at Davis, but they are sort of that team that's projected right there in the playoff mix, picked fifth in both polls. And, and I'm telling you, Jake Mayer, by the way, that name just keeps coming For back. Sure. My head. He was so great. But it's just the lack of info that we have on Davis, yeah, that's right. right? I think that they have now garnered respect from everyone in the league. Coach Hawk's obviously a great coach. Yeah. They've proven they, they can win. They are good staff. They're always going to be able to get good coaches. I mean, you see Davis as a coaching cradle. But they're never going to have, I don't think, that hype and buzz around them just For because sure. of lack of information. So, with that being said, I think they're fairly picked fifth. I think that's right where they should be. But yep. could they go into Bozeman and win on national TV in October? Absolutely. For could, sure. Could they dive because they don't have a true answer at quarter back yes they could as well but i think uc davis is right where they should be at fifth and we'll see what coach hawk can pull out of his hat the last thing for you is the low-hanging fruit of this conference when everybody asks who's gonna be the surprise everybody seems to want to pick the spuds the idaho vandals idaho's got a lot of things that a lot of the other uh, hopeful contenders don't have like the teams that are sort of outside that top tier a lot of them struggle because of, like we're talking about, lack of information, lack of hype, lack of exposure, lack of venue, lack of all these sorts of things. Idaho, you know, you can call it Kibbe Dome, whatever you want, but it is a good college football venue. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a place where people will go and watch a college football game and get that thing rocking if they're good. They got a fan base that cares. They have a real fan base. They have a real alumni base. They have real tradition. Uh, and you know, they need to get it back because they do. going to that game they do. this last year, it's depressing. I mean, it, it was sure. not what Idaho football But there, there's a huge difference when you can recruit to, you know, 13 playoff appearances and multiple Big Sky titles compared to, I mean, Sac State's never been to the playoffs ever until the last two years. Right. UC Davis has been to the FCS playoffs twice ever. You know, like, that, that's different to recruit to the tradition Idaho has. All that said, though, is the preseason hype for Idaho – one, justified, and two, a good thing going into Jason X first year Co- as the head coach. I'm looking to see if Coach X is around right now. Because <laughs> if I'm going to be honest with you, I would say no. I would pick another maybe surprise team to be in there. I, I don't see maybe the reasons why other than just the buzz of a new coach. Energy in a program, we're going to find that and see. But The quarterback transfer from South Coast State is pretty intriguing because he d- does know the system, he knows the offense, and he was going to be the starter at SDSU before he got hurt. So you got to ask yourself, you're going to be a surprise team. Who are you going to beat that you're yeah. not supposed to beat? And For I looked sure. at their schedule, and I don't really see a game. I think me and you have both, well, you targeted that Idaho NAU game in sure. the beginning, and that's where I'm going to go as my surprise team solely based on the schedule. I think Northern Arizona could be that team with Chris Ball, and I kind of compare the situations, right? Chris Ball at NAU, Kojak now at Idaho. Well, Chris Ball's actually established it for a couple of years now. I feel that there is some urgency, more urgency in Flagstaff, Coulter, than there is in Moscow at this current moment. And for that, that's probably why I would go a little bit towards NAU. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting game, that September 24th game in Flagstaff, Northern Arizona hosting Idaho. I think that's I think that is one of the key games that doesn't involve one of these inside track uh, playoff contenders for sure. But then you look at the rest of, of Idaho's schedule, it is a tough one where they have to play at Montana, at Sac State. But they also have UC Davis, Eastern Washington coming to their barn. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays well, out. Well, one signature win, and then yeah. how do they build momentum yep. from that? that? That's what it's going to be. And just to be very fair, until they do it, I'm going to stay on the other side. Well, they got a lot of rope. They got a le- got a lot of leeway, and they got a lot of momentum. And yep. uh, that's why you hire a new head coach, and I think that it'll be intriguing to watch. Ryan Corkin, voice of the Grizz here on Nuanas Now.
uh, a extended version of the Montana Football Hour, part two here on your Big Sky kickoff Monday. Football season is officially upon us. Riley will join us the first hour of each Monday's show, starting in probably a couple weeks from now once fall camp gets underway. Thanks for being here, man. We'll hey, see you soon. Hey, can't wait, and great job here. So there you go, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. A lot of Grizz talk, a lot of headlines for the Grizz this uh, last couple days. The consensus, but by a razor-thin margin, picked when the Big Sky Conference by both the league's coaches and affiliated media. Patrick O'Connell, the defensive uh, player of the year in the preseason. We'll go over the entire preseason All-Big Sky squads. Right after this, Andrew Houghton in the house, riding shotgun with me here from Spokane at the Big Sky kickoff. Tommy Evans back in Missoula. More on Nuanas now. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Coulter Nuanez, Andrew Houghton, coming to you live from Spokane, Washington. The Davenport Grand Hotel. I think we're the last men standing. The big sky kick out there was... There was a lot of people in this room earlier today because uh, every school brings all their head coaches. That's 12 of them, plus two players each, so 24 total uh, student-athletes, plus administrators, athletic directors, sports information people. There was so many TV people here because of the new deal uh, with scripts. So um, fun day, and uh, we are putting the finishing touches on our coverage of it here. But this is only the beginning of what we're going to play for you. So stay uh, tuned for the rest of the week and the rest of the month and the rest of the football season because guess what? Football uh, is officially underway. Okay, uh, Andrew, I got a question for you that has nothing to do with what we're doing right now. Who is Machine Gun Kelly, and why do I care, or why should I care about him? I feel like we were talking about white rappers on the show just a, <laughs> just a while ago. He's he's Megan Fox's boyfriend. I know that. I, I, I only know him as the person who attends UFC fights with Megan Fox. That's about as far as I got. Okay, sure. Uh, he's a rapper he almost, from Cleveland. He almost fought somebody at a UFC fight, I think. Really? He's in Spokane tonight. There's billboards and advertisements everywhere. I actually think there's even people staying at this hotel that we're at that are either involved in that concert or going to that concert because I've seen Machine Gun Kelly shirts everywhere. Uh, great show. Great fit for Spokane, actually. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, would I like him? Maybe? Probably not. Okay, well, 
You know, it's, I love my hip hop. You, you know? like you like a lot of music. That's you, true. You, you could give him a shot. All right, all right. Well, we got a three-hour drive ahead of us. Maybe we'll play some Machine Gun Kelly uh, on the drive home. All right, Big Sky kickoff stuff. The uh, polls are out. The Grizz and the Bobcats are pretty much a top. Each one of those. We've talked a lot about that, though. I want to talk about the all-conference teams a little bit here. The uh, team, I'll just go through it quickly uh, for who was voted onto the team, and then I'll give you the delineation and how we voted. So the uh, offensive MVP preseason in the big sky, Alonzo Gilliam Jr., running back from UC Davis. That's who we voted for. Patrick O'Connell, senior linebacker for the Montana Grizzlies, the defensive uh, player of the year. That's also who we voted for. On the offense, Tommy Malott, quarterback for Montana State, is the QB selected. Gilliam and Isaiah Fonse from Montana State, the picks uh, at running back. R.J. Fitzgerald of Montana State picked at fullback. The tight end pick, Marshall Martin from Sac State. Wide receivers, Bo Kelly from Portland State. Efton Chisholm III from Eastern Washington. Pierre Williams from Sac State. The center, Connor Pedick from UC Davis. The guards, Jake Parks of UC Davis and Brandon Weldon of Sac State. And the tackles, Noah Atagi of Weber State and Jonas Leader of Northern Arizona. Defensively, the squad looks like this. Alex Gubner and Joshua Jerome, Governor of Montana. Jerome of Eastern Washington are the defensive tackles. Defensive ends are VJ Malo and Brody Greeby, Malo of Portland State and uh, Greeby of Montana State. The outside linebackers, Patrick O'Connell of Montana, David Hogue of Northern Colorado. The inside linebackers, Callahan O'Reilly of Montana State. And help me out with this. Faave, am I saying? Faave. Faave? Faave, Faave. They call him F2, uh, as uh, their sports information department calls him. A name so good, they named him twice. A name so nice, they named him twice, I think is what Jared Walcott's direct line was. But uh, Idaho linebacker, uh, continuing the, the great string of of inside linebackers there for the Vandals. The corners, Justin Ford of Montana, Anthony Adams of Portland State, the safeties, Robbie Houck of Montana, Morgan Vest of Northern Arizona, the all-purpose player, Asher O'Hara of Sacramento State, the return specialist, Malik Flowers of Montana, the kicker, Kyle Sentowski of Sac State, the punter, Bryce Layton of Montana State, the long snapper, Tommy Sullivan of Montana State, this was almost chalk from how we voted. The only guys that we had any different, we did not have Tommy Milano as the quarterback. We voted for Jake Dunaway of Sac State. We did not have Jonas Leader of Northern Arizona as an offensive tackle. And we did not have Morgan Vest of Northern Arizona as a safety. We instead had Ty Okada at a safety. Uh, but the defense was chalk, exactly how we voted, except for one guy. The special teams, chalk, exactly how we voted. The offense only an offensive tackle different and a quarterback different from how we voted. Um, so is there anything to read into that? I, I actually thought that the polls and the preseason teams were the least unpredictable that, that I've ever, I can ever remember in this league. I think the preseason team was pretty well um, laid out going into it. I mean, I think everybody had a, a pretty good idea of who it was going to be, which is, which is a little bit weird because guys like Brody Greeby, not a guy who played a lot last year. I know that's going to get a lot of play, a lot of run, uh, as sort of a narrative going into this season. But it seems like he just became the consensus pick for that second defensive end spot. Uh, for sure. Because there wasn't really anybody else well, to go there. Part of the votes are going to be based on stats. Brody Gruby had good stats last year. I mean, I think sure. he had six and a half, seven sacks. Uh, I believe he was the second leading returning sack guy in the league. So, you know, even for people that are a little bit farther away from the MSU program, that sticks out. Also, though, MSU, I think that Brett Vegan 
is not scared about anointing young players as leadership type guys. Like after the spring game, Vegan was like, I'm picking the interviews. And he sent Tommy Mallott and Brody Greeby over for the interviews. That's two sophomores. He wanted those guys to be, uh, you know, sort of on a pedestal. Well, he brought Tommy Mallott here, and I wonder how much that plays into it. I mean, I said, I think, on the show uh, the week before this that I thought it was just going to be Jake Dunaway was going to be the offensive player of the year, sort of by default. Not only was he not that, he didn't have an appearance on the the all-conference team, which um, is a little bit surprising to me, but it makes sense. It's actually um, a, a sort of risky pick. To go with Tommy Mallott over Jake Dunaway. I think, though, that the all-conference team shows you the confidence that the media core has in Tommy Mallott, justified or not. But I also think Montana State getting five of the coaches' votes, first-place votes in the media poll, also shows you some confidence that the coaches have in Montana State. Right, but they still finished third in the coaches' poll. So there's somebody... They got the most first place votes, but they also had the most of the top three of people leaving them out of the top three in the coaches' right. poll. And that sort of shows you, I think, some people um, picking up on the downside associated with Tommy Millat. Yeah, I mean, I th- I'm, as- I'm assuming that in the coaches' poll, this was uh, you know 12 points for a first place vote, one point for a last place vote, right? Right. 111 points for the Grizz, 110 for SAC, 109 for Montana State. So it's literally probably the difference between two coaches picking Montana second and Montana State fourth. Right. You know, like that's the way that you get a little bit of it. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of talk, a lot of narrative around how does Tommy Mallott react to being the preseason all-league quarterback. I think the kid is impervious to that sort of thing. Just because I think that the way that he operates mentally, I mean, you got a chance to be around him and listen to him talk and stuff. He, he's sort of just this analytical player. He's, all, he's robotic in the way that he diagnoses things. But I also think that... Uh, Brent Vegan said it best. Tommy Mallott is the last guy that thought what he did last year was cool. Right. He, or special. He yeah. just thinks that that's what you're supposed to do, and he works hard enough for that result to be expected. Well, and also with what he did last year, I mean, he was the freshman quarterback leading Montana State to the national championship game. Being the big sky preseason all-conference quarterback is not really compared to anything. The attention that came with what he went through last year. Yes. I, he was kind of the, the one surprise offensively, and then uh, defensively, I mean... It, Maybe the only quote-unquote snub is Ty Okada. Yeah, but Morgan Vest is really good. Morgan Vest from Northern Arizona is very good. And here's the other thing that I've always had a beef on this, and this has no – I don't really know who fixes it unless we come together to fix it. And it it takes a lot of nuance, and I don't even know if there's any real point to fixing it other than to just appease my uh, mind. But football defensively at the college level now – has so many more positions than just the basic positions that are listed on an all-conference deal. Like, depending on what sort of front you run, like, inside linebacker is objectively a different position at Montana, Montana State, Northern Arizona, and Idaho. It's different positions at all four of those, just as outside linebacker is as well. Like, there's some teams in the league that run traditional four threes where your outside linebacker, you might have a Sam, who can sometimes be kind of like a big nickel. Patrick O'Connell is not a Sam or a Will. He's an edge. Right, and so's Hogue, actually. Hogue is an edge as well, yeah. right? 
Kyle Okada is not a safety. Sure. He's a big nickel because he plays in the box. Like Montana State runs a 4-2-5, but their third linebacker is essentially Okada. That's why he has a ton of tackles. Robbie Houck is also more like a linebacker than a safety, but he's not a big nickel because he doesn't play in the box, but he runs the alley in the run fit. He's like the... He's like the the one high rover guy, kind of. Well, and going the other way, Anthony Adams here listed as a corner. He, Bruce Barnum told me three hours ago, you know, he thought his best position was as a safety, and we might see him back at safety this year, which is where he played for his first two years at Portland State. That's the other nuance is that uh, when you run, like the flex right. defense that Portland State runs, there's really no, uh, all of the positions besides the nose are, atypical from what they normally would be. So there's a little bit more nuance to it. I don't know what the point of fixing it would be besides to just appease our conversations. <laughs> but it's just sort of an example of how, like they always say, uh, positions were created to help explain to the layman all the things you need to know in sports. It's, it's, it's this, A similar thing is happening in basketball. This is, this is the same argument that we have with you know, all NBA centers, you know, should we have a differentiation in position? Uh, There's a lot of of conversation and nuance that goes into it. Nuance is now ESPN Radio live from the Big Sky kickoff in Spokane, Washington. More reactions and conversations as football season is officially underway. Keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you're watching on TV or the ESPN Montana app, we are not in studio because we are here live at the Big Sky Kickoff, Spokane, Washington. We'll be back in the studio tomorrow. Missed anything in the show today, Montana Football Hour times two. We talked all the way around the Big Sky Conference, including the preseason projections for both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats, the uh, Montana football team, the Consensus picked to win the Big Sky Conference by both the media and the league's coaches, but it was by no means a landslide. Sac State, Montana State, both expected to be right in the mix for the league championship as well. We also heard from a variety of guests. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. Justin Ford, All-American cornerback for the University of Montana, along with Mitch Roberts, a Missoula Sentinel product and a uh, senior leader for the Grizzlies, as well as Tommy Malott, Butte America's Finest, and Ty Okada, of Montana State. You can find all of that on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the M Store, the Advocates, Sportsbet Montana, and the MSU Bookstore. Tomorrow, fun show for you. Justin Angle will be in studio with us. His first in studio appearance in quite some time. It's a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications, where we'll talk all the way around uh, the world of business, the overlay between business and sports. Uh, so that should be very fun. We'll also have our Treasure State Stars, and we'll have some more interviews for you out of this thing. Uh, just a couple minutes left before we hit the highway back into the mountain time zone. Any other uh, instant reactions? I was thinking Andrew Houghton riding shotgun with me here in Spokane. Uh, any other thoughts uh, coming out of this, this media day? Um, no, I mean, just going back to the all-conference team, I think it, it matches up really well with what we think about a lot of these teams. Montana and Montana State have the, the most talent. I mean, Montana's got the most talent on defense. Montana State's got the talent. Offense, defense, special teams. Um, you know, Sac State's got some guys. UC Davis has got some guys. Portland State's got some guys. The one thing that didn't match up to me, no Weber State guys. So interesting. Yeah, uh, 
Noah Atagi, the uh, offensive lineman, was the one Weber stake guy that landed on the list. I thought that was one of my biggest takeaways was a lot of times during the summer, you know, we, we talk um, very speculatively about certain narratives in the league. One of the narratives we've addressed, though, is Weber State going from four-time Big Sky champions and five straight playoff appearances to then missing the playoffs last year and how that could be something that was a, a huge motivator for uh, the Wildcats. I asked Eddie Hecker, the, who I think is an all-Big Sky-level talent, I asked him directly about that, and he gave me a million-dollar smile and was like, you got it exactly right. He's like, we thought last year was an abject failure. We were so motivated before we saw this. Now, nobody's picking Weaver to win the league. We got nobody on the all-conference team. Let's go. We're, we're totally uh, into this and motivated by this. I, t- I asked Jay Hill the same thing, and he's just cool as a cucumber, man. Uh, he's, he's not worried about it. He wasn't worried about them falling off last year. He's not worried about them not being picked to win anything this year. I also think it's uh, interesting that, like that that whole deal, the 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 art of I don't want to say intimidation, but sort of the dynamic amongst the coaches. I, I think that you can see a growing confidence in Chris Ball at Northern Arizona. You can see uh, an always existing and very quiet confidence in Brent Vegan, but Brent Vegan. He he doesn't have the bravado to act like he owns the room, yet he somehow controls and commands every situation. He came up and talked to a whole group of us media guys last night, and in a very understated way, he's got you. And uh, I think Jason Eck has a lot of bravado. Charlie Raggle has uh, uh, his own uh, element of swagger. That's one of the most interesting parts is I think right now, this group of coaches, there's there's nobody that's swimming upstream or from the wrong generation or, you know, doesn't have the confidence. It seems like there's a, a pretty good group of guys that are new age that kind of understand the, the here and now. Well, and understand how to uh, get their message across, right? And right. it's, you know, different kinds of swagger for these guys. Some of these guys you can tell are still striving, you know. Yes. That was the exact opposite of what I saw from Jay Hill. You know, he's just sure. he's just sitting back, watching everything. He knows what his program's about. For sure. And it doesn't really delineate. It, it, it's, it's going to be about what it has been about. I think that's a, a great definition of a program, too. It, you, you have a great run. You fall off a little bit. You don't finish in the top ten for the first time in six years. You don't change anything. You, you just say, hey, guys, we didn't perform like we should have. We didn't win the games that we should have won. Let's just go execute better and just do it better than we did a year ago. Well, and and he pointed to the turnover margin in some of those games last right. year, the James Madison game, which is, like, not an easy thing to control. But his Weber State teams have been so good at doing that for years. Now, he's one of the coaches where you can say, we just have to do better and win the turnover margin. And I'm like, a lot of coaches, well, you need a couple more balls to bounce your way. Well, when Jay Hill says it, you're like, okay, yeah, you guys can do that. So... Anyway, all that's to say, I thought there should have been like a, a Weber State Memorial defensive lineman spot on <laughs> on the All Conference. <laughs> right, like you man. have to have a Weber defensive lineman on there, but for sure, uh, we'll have more reactions from all the way around this event uh, for the next coming weeks. So stay, keep listening. Nuanas now. You can always find it live on the radio or the TV, one hundred two nine FM or SWX Montana Television. Also on the ESPN Montana app. And also on the Nuanas Now podcast. Also, be sure to go check out SkylineSportsMT.com as well. A bunch of fun content coming up there, too. And uh, we so look forward to breaking down um, 
all things football with football rapidly approaching. Thanks so much to Tommy for manning the ship and producing the show and also for making this technology possible for us to take this thing on the road and uh, drive slow, my friend, on the way home. You know, Make sure that you don't get uh, any blueberries in the rearview mirror. <laughs> it's an inside joke. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 p.m., more Big Sky Conference kickoff stuff, our Treasure State stars, a business angle, and much more. This has been Nuana's Now. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. We'll see you then. In the meantime, have a wonderful Monday evening. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.